Hello and welcome to She's Killing It, the serial entrepreneur's guide to building an empire. I'm Alicia Shoemaker. And I'm Deb Oliviera. And we're here to share our tips, tricks, and shortcuts to building a massive business. Between the two of us, we've built over a dozen businesses, many of them being six-figure businesses. And we can't wait to share our experience to help you launch and grow a massive empire. We want to be the ones that help you scale your business, automate it, grow your team, and build your empire. Let's get started. Welcome to episode two of She's Killing It, a serial entrepreneur's guide to building an empire. Today's podcast is actually about the very beginnings of things, the big ideas, the what to go after, and the how to get started in building it. So Deb, I actually have a question for you because I feel like you are the queen of this answer. Are you ready? Okay. Yes, I'm very ready. Okay. So how do you know what ideas to go after? In the first episode of our podcast, you talked about you have a number of things that are brewing, that you're building, that are maybe shelves for later or things that you, um, you want to do but aren't ready for. How do you know what ideas to go after and when? Okay. I love this so much. (laughs) So sometimes it is the things that are just outside of your comfort zone. The things that scare you a little bit Mm. that you kind of feel ready for, but they're not perfected yet. Those are the things that I'm like, yes, do them right now. But if it's the things where you're like, I need to form this idea a little bit more. I'm kind of hesitant on it. I'm not 100% sure. I mean, obviously, it doesn't have to be perfected. But those are the things where it's still kind of murky. Yeah, it, it, it's not a clear picture. Okay. Once again, clear picture doesn't mean 100%. Right. And it doesn't mean perfection. Those are the things that we're going to put, put on a shelf and we're going to wait. Okay. So the things that you are ready to move after. They're, they're fully formed. Talk to me about how you know. I mean, I feel like there are so many things floating out there that inspire an idea. And once you are an entrepreneur, I feel like we constantly notice these opportunities. And how in your gut do you know that you are past that point of murky to defined enough to run with? So funny enough, I do have a story about one of my businesses that I have right now that kind of just came to me where I knew that I had to do the thing. And you knew it was ready. There was no, that it had to be now. Yes, exactly. So what's interesting is I actually had the name before I had the business. And the reason why that is, is because I had closed a business. I wanted to keep that name but I put it underneath a new LLC. So I just needed to like create some random name. Mm-hmm. Backing up a little bit. And I picked the name because I lost a daughter to silver. Wow. And right before then, about a year before that, I lost a, another daughter in a second trimester loss. And then I also have had a first trimester loss. So this was something that I had continued to experience. So I named my LLC after my stillborn daughter, which is called Freya. Her name is Freya. And then I also chose the word 
aster, which means love, which kind of connects my other two losses. Yeah. So it is love, Freya, which was just to kind of... You knew it was going to be a thing, but you didn't know what the thing was yet. Yeah. I, it was having them part of my life in some way. So I named the... Point being, I named the LLC after all three of my daughters that I, I had lost. Okay. So you had experienced these three very traumatic losses and you had created a space for it. So what did, how did it feel then to have to find something to fit this name, this mold, this thing that was so important to your being? So when the name was created, I didn't even know. But then I, I came to the realization, it was actually after I, I did a photo shoot and I was talking to another mother who had experienced loss. And I realized I was put in a position that should have broken me, and it didn't. I was put in a position that I was able to help someone else. Because you understood the pain. You understood that situation better than most. And so I didn't fully know what that looked like yet. Like, what, what is this business going to look like? I have an LLC name that was named after my daughters that I lost. But what am I going to do with that? And so I knew that throughout my experience, a lot of times people would say the wrong thing after loss. Like, they meant well. You know, that it was always like with love, but it didn't quite come out that way. <laughs> yes. And so I kind of mulled over a little bit, like, how can I help other mothers that were in my similar position? So I came up with Aster Freya which is sending care kits to mothers who recently experienced stillbirth, infant loss, and miscarriage. One little way that I am able to help another mother through this terrible season of life. And so it was something that the idea wasn't fully formed, but I knew that it needed to exist. You saw the opportunity as you needed to help mothers who were in a similar position to you. Exactly. I love that. I feel like as an entrepreneur, we it's assumed that we usually launch in with like a product, right? We, we come out with, here's the thing I'm going to create. And in reality, for me, the ideas that become a thing actually have more to do with opportunities and pain points that I see. So one of the one of the projects that that I'm building right now is I see a need in a community and yes I'm a part of that community as a parent but I see a struggle and I need to find a solution to the problem not that I came in with a with a product or an item and therefore I need to build a business around it. I feel like my most successful ideas are ones where I I understand the need before I understand the solution. Does that make sense? Yeah. So for Aster Freya, you understood that there was this gap in the in the universe yep. taking care of mothers who've lost a child. You saw the opportunity before you saw that what the item or the product or the service was. Yeah. And I feel like those are the most successful because those are the ones that we internalize. I think it's one of the reasons why women entrepreneurs especially are great at business because we are a little bit more 
emotionally invested. We try to understand what it's like to be in somebody else's situation. So we internalize that pain, that struggle, whether it's a very deep pain or just a minor annoyance. And then we try to figure out a solution that fixes the need, not something that necessarily we're focused solely on selling. Yeah. You know, when it comes to a a digital marketing. So Flamingo is doing great. You know, we do websites and we do social media management and we do app development and we do newsletter management, all of these things that we are, that are technically solutions. That's not my product. My product is stepping in to guide a business who's lost in the digital world for marketing. I want to be a guide. What I do is help to settle that unrest and that concern over what do I do next or am I doing it wrong? So every single one of our packages comes with coaching, with guidance, with phone calls, with support. It's not simply a, I'm going to create this thing, I'm going to put it in a box and I'm going to hand it to you. I work with you. The solution is that I take the strain out of your marketing. The product happens to be saleable items like social media management or a new website, especially for the coaching business that you have. How... How did that idea form for you? Like, did it, it didn't start as, I want to be a coach. I want to be a guide. So how did, how did that idea form for you? How did you know that it was time to transition from, I'm a photographer to now I need to guide. I need to coach. I need to support. It was honestly people coming to me with questions, looking for guidance. And I realized once again you know, when you're in a position that you're able to help. At least that's like who I am as a person. I want to be the helper. And I realized and I saw, you know, within Astor Freya, I'm in a position to help. Okay. As a coach, I'm in a position to help. And I realized, okay, this is something I do want to move forward in because I, even though it was just outside of that comfort zone, there was a little bit of imposter syndrome to work through within that. Oh, or, yeah. It's like, do I really know what I know? And working through that a bit, being like, yes, I do. I know what I know and I can do this. (laughs) So it was just stepping out of that comfort zone a little bit and then going ahead and saying, yes, I want to help people because I have that knowledge and I want to share that knowledge. You know, diving in. And sometimes you're figuring it out as you go a little bit, especially if the idea is new. Like if you are creating a new space or a new solution, sometimes it is murky. Sometimes that product or that design shifts based on things that you learn along the way. And I think it's okay to go to other business owners, you know, your peers within the business realm and say to them, here's my idea. I don't know what this looks like yet. Do you think that there's a market for it? What am I not thinking? Like for me, Going back to Esther Freya, I actually came to you, Alicia, and I yeah. told you on, I think it was a Zoom call. It was. It was <laughs> a Zoom like, call. I have this business name and I have this idea and I don't know what this looks like and I don't know if I should dive in. And I remember you telling me where you're like, what does this feel like in your gut? Like, if you were to not do this, would you always look back and say, what, what if I did? And I knew, I knew in my gut, if I listened to myself, that if I didn't move forward with Astor Freya, I'd always look back and be like, 
but what if I had done that? What if I did see the need and fill that need? And it, especially for the time that that was, that we were having that conversation, it was still raw and newer. And there were still those strong feelings where you were, you hadn't over time, those things kind of close up, right? We, we heal, we adapt, or we just yeah. kind of shut it away. You almost, especially in your situation, needed that rawness, that newness to really build what needed to be there for future mothers because you felt it right then. It wasn't yeah, that exactly. you weren't trying to create a solution that didn't feel authentic anymore. Yeah, because I remember even asking myself, what do I need right now? And I knew those answers because that was within... Oh goodness, that was within six to eight months yeah. of losing my daughter. And so that was still, yes, very fresh. And so I knew those answers of what do I need? What do I need right now? And so creating these care kits, and these mothers get it's more than just a care kit. That's not what we're selling. That's not what we're sending these mothers. It's sending them something that says, This sucks. And here's a safe space for you to be. So if we had to, for our listeners out there, if we had to kind of boil it down, what is, how do you know? What's the, what idea is ready to, to go? What idea do you, do you run after? For me, it's the ones that I can't stop thinking about, that I start strategizing solutions and answers to the problems of starting the business before I've even said this is an idea and I think I'm going to think about this. It's the ones that almost think up themselves. So from my my past, it was the ones where, like with my kitchen, my commercial kitchen and my bakery, it was, I've outgrown my personal kitchen. I want to make this. I want more people to enjoy the things that I'm making. And I need a space that will allow it. So it's building the space and then building the business. And before I had even said out loud, I think I want to build a bakery. In my head, it was already there. It was already built. I knew what it needed. I knew what it needed to look like. I knew what it needed to have. I knew in my soul that it was already a business. I just needed to get it out of me. Those are the ideas to me that I have to run after. For me, it is the ideas that make me excited. Mm. The ones, yeah, where it's like, I need to do this. Yeah. Or this, you know, feeds my soul, which was kind of the case, you know, with Astor Freya, like this feeds my soul. It's not always about making the millions, oh making all the money. Yeah. Because, and so that is the difference between two of my businesses. So Astor Freya, it's not about the money. Actually, I don't even take anything from that company. It all goes back into it to continue giving back to these mothers. I make my money off of coaching and off of photo shoots and other things. Those are my businesses that that's their purpose. So sometimes the idea that you're going for is to fill a different need. It's not always about that dollar amount. As much as you need, you know, your ROI on everything, Alicia, as the marketing person. Like there has to be, there has to be something, right? It has to, yes, pay for itself. You can't be in the negative, but. For me, one of my businesses, Esther Freya, it fills a need in my soul. Whereas my other companies, you know, like FemPro Business Society and Snap Studio, those two fill a need 
which says, I enjoy doing these things. They help other people and they pay my bills and they, you know, support my life. (laughs) They keep me fed and they keep me happy. (laughs) Being fed is good. You know, it pays for my coffee addiction. Oh, (laughs) it's real. So let's talk about what that looks like. So we have an idea and it's the thing we're going to go after. What do you do next? I mean, in my case, it half formed, but how did I get to that formation? But especially with Astrofrida. Yeah. How did you figure out what the product is, what the thing is that was available, what these kits were? Did it just pop into your head one day or did it go, or did you have to go through a process of what is my product? Honestly, it was just kind of in my head where I'm like, I want to send them something that is for them. And then from there, the idea was, I want to keep it local, small businesses. And even if it wasn't local, I still want them to be small businesses of the products that I have in these kits. Mm. So then it was sourcing those products as well. I wanted everything to be meaningful. So what is the meaning behind each product? Um, so it's, it was a lot of figuring out. You un- but you understood your target. Like you obviously were your target at that point, but yeah, you understood that they needed something that was for them, that somebody wasn't going to judge or push other ideas on them that they could just be and be hurting and be upset, but something that would take care. Like you, you really just, you understood your target. Yeah. So for me, it is going from idea to deciding I am moving forward with this. Okay. To then making a business plan, which I feel like you have a lot of deep dives as you are going through a business plan because you got to figure out the answers. Yeah. Because that's your There's map. A lot of gaps in that business plan that you have to fill, which means you have to think about every single detail. Exactly. I think that it's a very good roadmap to start with mm. to answer some of those questions for you. Yeah. And then we can move on to the other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it forces you to start thinking about the big picture all the way down to the details. You know, when you look at a business plan framework, there, there's major discussion points, right? Like, yes, there's business projections. And yes, there's a, a super huge guided framework. But you also have to start to get into some of the details. And which really, from a, from like a high-level marketing perspective, which is the angle that I feel like I come at for everything, <laughs> is you have to know backwards and forwards who this is for. You need to know what they feel. You need to know what they internalize, what other solutions exist for them now or don't exist for them now and how they're meeting the needs or not meeting the needs. There's such a level of market research that goes into really understanding what a product is for and who it's for. I mean, you talked about going in popping the idea out to other business owners, people who are your people, who understand yeah. trusted people, trusted people. That's part of it. Like starting to get expert opinion, starting to get an understanding of who the target is. In my case, for a couple of the businesses that I've started, it means going out to who my ideal client is. I know who I, in this one business that I'm building now, I know exactly who this person is, but I need to actually... I need to understand their life a little bit better. I need to understand what the pain points are or why they would be coming to this new business for help. And 
with knowing those pain points, with knowing those examples, it makes filling in the business plan that much easier. Internalizing the real struggle, not just trying to build the perfect product with the perfect attributes that will look great on a marketing flyer. It has to hit a heartstring somehow. I had a coach a million years ago that I was working with and it was a, she was a sales coach and she had this phrase that was, if you can make them cry, you'll, you have them hooked. Oh, and so I internalized that so much, not in a way of, I want to hurt somebody to tell them. And that's never how it was intended, but in that I have to understand what the breaking point is for somebody. If I want to offer a solution, I have to know what would have to be true about my product to really fix and help this person. And if I don't know who that person is, I'm not fixing the problem. I'm just trying to push something down their throat and hoping I get it right. Yeah. And there's no room in a successful business, I feel, for the spaghetti method where you just throw everything against the wall and hope something sticks. No, not at all. We want it to be specific. We want it to be guided. We want it to be particular. It's not Amazon where somebody can go find a thousand things and maybe a couple of them are right for them. We want us to be allies, to be trusted, which means they need to know that we understand them. And you also have to believe in your product too. Yeah. Whether that's physical product or a service, like you need to believe in yourself to the point that you're like, I am the best here. Absolutely. Like I know what I'm doing. So in talking about, you know, who we build products for and how we start to build out what this product looks like, do you consider how you'll connect with these people, with the person who's going to buy your product or your service? I think a lot about not just how I'm going to connect with them and emotionally, but also how am I going to reach them? You know, there's in your world with Astor Freya, there's moms everywhere. Yeah. Who are unfortunately losing babies. So the way that I see Astor Freya connected is as much of, you know, a mom looking for support, looking for a community, looking for help, but also the people around her that don't know what to do, that don't know how to help, that want to help her, but don't know because they just don't know from their own experience. And I yeah. feel like half of the battle for starting it to think about a business idea is how will I reach them? I'm not talking about a website. I'm not talking about social, but how, <laughs> how will I connect and how yeah. will I show them that I understand where they are? Which I think is being open and maybe a little bit vulnerable to an extent. Yeah. But then that's also deciding your brand voice. So are you going to be... <laughs> you know, just Alicia, for example. Yeah. Like, are you going to be just you? Or does your brand have a life of its own and it's your company? And how those two, I think, are going to connect on a very different level. Absolutely. And so that is one decision that you have to make as you're moving forward is, are you going to be an individual or are you going to be a business? Are you going to be a team? Yeah. And sometimes that changes. It does. Okay. <laughs> So, for example, with that, Femme Girl Business Society completely has taken on its own life. 
because we are now starting to do networking events again and business shower. So I can see that I need to pull myself away from the company. So I am going to create my own sub-brand. So I'm kind of in that same position right now of how am I going to connect with my audience on an individual level versus as I was doing as the business? Yeah. I'm in the process of doing the exact same thing. So Flamingo is doing amazing. It's a team environment. We have a product. We have we have a service. We understand our clients are small business owners or to medium-sized businesses. It has a life and design and purpose of its own. Now, I am have the ability to pull away and almost create a new business of just myself, of my business advocacy, of being an ally, of being a teacher, of being an educator, of being a speaker that takes my experience from Flamingo, that takes my experience from all of these other past lives. And it's a different, it's, it's for a different person. Now I have the ability to focus and connect with a totally different target, with entrepreneurs, people who strive to be entrepreneurs, people who want to take their small business to empires. It gives me the ability to support a whole new group. And in realizing that these targets, these people are different, it makes me understand that these two things, these two brands need to be separate. And that comes down to just understanding the world around you. And being willing to adapt. And listen. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So it's definitely listening to your clients. So once you get started, you know, or even crowdsourcing. Yeah. You know, just really listen. Learn the art of just shutting your mouth sometimes. And just really hard for some of us. <laughs> and just listen. Take in what, you know, your clients say, what your peers say. Because maybe sometimes that original idea that you had is going to need to change in order for it to succeed like have your pride take a seat and needs to go sit down so that you can sit there and listen i love it and honestly sometimes that listening is the hardest part because we have this vision of what it should look like what we think is right in our head only to have it have to shift or pivot or adjust just a little bit and it's one of the reasons why I feel like a lot of ideas never make it out of the idea thing because we're too attached to what we believe our number one solution to be. Mm-hmm. And we're not willing to listen to what the community or what your target actually needs. Yeah. So definitely, I would say, get your idea. Go talk to your peers. Mm-hmm. Hear them out. Like, educate yourself in the area that you're looking to go into and make a plan and internalize your target. I I feel like you're going to use that information through the entire process of owning your business from the day it's an idea until the day it's done. Yeah. And you have to understand who your people are. Thank you for listening to today's episode of She's Killing It. Be sure to hit the subscribe button. And if you found something in particular that you loved about this episode, be sure to review it and share it with all of your female entrepreneur friends. We can't wait to chat with you next time.